Welcome to the Womology Podcast. This is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature, reconnect with your innate body wisdom and sovereignty, and transform your health. I'm Dana Drejos, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the Womology Podcast. I'm here today with Alyssa Fry, who is an astrological life coach. And today we're going to be talking about her story of coming off of birth control and why and how that was a huge catalyst for her spiritual awakening and leaving her corporate job and entering into the spiritual entrepreneurship world, um, connecting with her intuition and all the wonderful things. So welcome, Alyssa. Thank you so much for being here. And um, how about you introduce a bit about yourself, the work you do in the world? And yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, my name is Alyssa. I am an astrological life coach, and it's been a journey to get there, (laughs) as you have alluded to. Um, I was previously a corporate accountant for like seven years of my career, and then took the big leap out of the corporate world and was more so focused on yoga teaching at that time, actually. And then it took me some time to even claim the identity of astrological life coach. But now that I have done that, my work just really involves First of all, connecting people to the lunar cycle. I host new and full moon circles every month. I have done so for over two years now. They're virtual. And then also doing astrology readings. So introducing people to their astrological birth chart, but really taking it a little bit like I do readings, but I also combine coaching with that. So it's more than just like giving information of like, here's what's in your chart. It's really how do we apply that information to where you are in your life right now and inspire people to first of all, reconnect with the magic that is within and around them at all times, and also take courageous action to pursue the dreams that are in their hearts. Because I believe that dreams come to us for a reason and we're meant to bring them to life. So I really like to empower people to do that. Mm, I love that. And I'm so grateful for for all of that you do, all the work you bring into the world. I'm sure you're helping so many people. And it's also super cool. You mentioned connecting people to the lunar cycle, which we've talked about on this podcast before as being so important and helpful in terms of your menstrual cycle. And especially if you're having irregular cycles or you're trying to bring your cycle back after being on birth control for a really long time, connecting with the moon can be a really helpful way to get yourself back in that cycle. So speaking of that, where are you at in your cycle right now? And how are you feeling in that phase? And how are you caring for yourself? Yeah, I'm approaching ovulation. So on the the upward part Mm -hmm. of the cycle, um, and I'm finally starting to feel my energy coming back. Like last week was the first week of 2023. And I was still like, kind of just having finished my menstrual part of the cycle. And I was just like, not in that new year vibe, like Mm -hmm. not ready to kind of like come out of my shell yet. And while I'm still in the season of winter overall, like I'm still feeling that hibernation mode with my cycle kind of like moving towards ovulation, I am feeling my energy picking up this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that whole new year energy, I've seen some people posting about this in terms of how like it's it's not like our natural 
Like it's not like the real start of a new year, right? And astrologically, right? And like we're mm-hmm. still in that hibernation phase. So it's actually not the most optimal time to have that energy of like new year, new me and like starting new habits and, and starting new projects and all of these things. And yeah, I know for me, same, like I just started my period yesterday actually. And the week before that, it was the worst PMS I've had in a while, like a lot of anxiety, a lot of like depression kind of feelings. And I was wondering like, what the heck, why is it so bad? Um, But then I remembered that it's the first period I've had since the holidays and around the holidays, there's maybe more stress than usual, more like sugary sweets than usual that can throw off your blood sugar balance and all of that. So yeah, for anyone out there kind of feeling like (laughs) their period is extra bad or like you kind of it taking a while to actually start to feel that up in your next cycle, I feel like that has a lot of impact. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree. Like I, I celebrate many different new years throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like, saw you posting about it. Yeah. Say more yeah, about like, that. October 31st is considered to be the witch's new year. So I acknowledge that. And then my birthday, I consider to be like a personal new year and everybody can apply that. But my birthday just happens to be in December just a little bit before the winter solstice, which is another new year, in my opinion, and then the calendar new year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the spring equinox in March is the astrological new year when the Mm -hmm. sun moves from Pisces, which is the last sign of the zodiac into Aries, which is the first. So that is considered to be a new year. And I find that a lot of people actually feel that new year energy a little bit more around Mm -hmm. that time, because like at least in the Northern hemisphere, that's when the like flowers are starting to bloom a little bit, like buds are coming, the days are getting longer and we actually have more energy. Whereas right now, like we're very much in winter. So it's okay to kind of like not necessarily be like off to the races right away. Like I personally say like follow your own energy. If you are feeling those new year vibes at this time, amazing. Mm -hmm. But if you're not like, just don't, put that pressure on yourself to like have to do it the way that everybody else is saying. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also wanted to ask, since you're an astrologist, like it, it was so emotional for me the past couple of days. And I also just randomly happened to be talking to other, you know, people in my circle who were feeling the same feelings. And I was like, well, I wonder if this is a coincidence or if this is like a collective experience, if there's something in the sky happening that's making us all super emotional, or if it's just that, you know, coming out of the holidays and the new year and all of that. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Is there, what's like the astrological climate right now and and how is that impacting maybe our bodies and our minds, our emotions? Absolutely. I think it's always very multifaceted and a combination mm-hmm. of all of the above that you just yeah. like mentioned. However, there are some things happening astrologically. So on Friday, um, it's currently Monday. So just a few days ago, we had the full moon in Cancer. And Cancer is like one of the more emotional signs because it's a water sign and it's connected to the moon, actually. So like every sign is, is said to be kind of ruled by a certain planet or the sun or the moon. So Cancer is ruled by the moon. So basically, 
the moon is at home when it's in cancer and it was full and it was in its home sign. And so it really can like illuminate or heighten kind of those emotional waves within our bodies. Mm -hmm. Even like the fact that the moon is connected to the tides, it's connected to the waters and our bodies are made of so much water. So like around the full moon in general, we can experience heightened emotions, but especially when the full moon is in cancer of all signs, Mm -hmm. right? And in addition to that, we are entering 2023 with Mercury and Mars, which are two out of the three personal planets in astrology. So the personal planets are Mercury, Venus, and Mars. So two of three are retrograde right now. Mars is actually going to end its retrograde this week on January 12th. And then um, Mercury will end its retrograde on January 18th. So like, I think that's another reason why this Capricorn season, which is from December 21st to January 21st, is feeling maybe even less New Year's vibes than typical years because we have these planets in retrograde, which um, for anybody who's not familiar what retrograde is, it basically just means that the planets move backwards through the signs but they don't actually like move backwards. They're still doing their thing, but it's just like, we are moving on earth. We are passing that planet. And so from our perspective, it looks like it's moving backwards. Just like when you're driving on the highway and you're in the fast lane and you go buy another car and it looks like that car starts to move backwards, but that car is still doing its same speed, right? Oh my gosh. That's I'm like, I'm like laughing at myself on the inside because I thought it meant they were actually going backwards. <laughs> no, it's just like, astrology is an earth-centered practice so it's like whatever is happening in the sky from our perspective so Mm. when we're on earth sometimes we we pass other planets and then it looks like they're moving backwards through signs for a certain amount of time Mm. so the fact that we're coming into 2023 with two personal planets retrograde which really retrograde motion is literally an illusion Mm -hmm. (laughs) right they're not actually moving backwards So the way I've been interpreting this is like, okay, how can we kind of have like a slow start and notice like if you're feeling a little bit stuck or stagnant or even like you're moving backwards, like you're not like necessarily moving towards the goals that you have for the year yet. And we're only like a week into the year, but still, if you're feeling a little bit like slower or stuck, stagnant, backwards kind of energy can you just like, remember that first of all, remember that that's an illusion. So remember that like, even if you feel that way, it's not true. You are still moving forward. And that's actually part of the process that you have to go through. Just like in the lunar cycle or the menstrual cycle, we have to have that like downwards Mm -hmm. time where we kind of go inwards and shed and let go before we can kind of come back up the other side. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of that idea. And I feel like that's another reason why entering this year, is having people feeling like it's like a really slow start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. That's so interesting. Thank you for breaking that down. Um, so let's talk about the birth control thing. So um, if you don't mind sharing, why did you go on birth control in the first place? Was it um, because you were sexually active or were you having problems with your menstrual cycle? And maybe your doctor said, oh, this birth control, this will fix it for you. (laughs) Yeah. So I went on when I was 16 and it was because I had a a boyfriend for about a year by that point in time. And my mom was like, 
okay, Alyssa, I think you should probably go on this. And I was like, I don't want to, (laughs) Mm. um, for some reason, like there was not really much research or anything at that point in time. Cause this was in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really know anything about birth control, but for some reason, part of me was like, knew that I wanted to have children one day and was concerned that like, it would somehow ruin that for me, like cause mm-hmm. some problems down the line. And so I was like, at age 16 intuitively kind of just like "Mm, I don't really want to do that Mm -hmm. but I also didn't want to get pregnant and um my mom was just like this this is what you need to do and I was like okay like mom knows best yeah (laughs) let's do this and at that point in time I do agree that like it was the right decision because like I was sexually active and I wanted to just like not have a child at that age However, (laughs) um, eight years later, I was like, hmm, maybe I don't really want to be on this anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We have like the exact same story and the exact same timeline. That's so (laughs) weird. Like, I think I think I was also 16 or 17 around 2010, had a boyfriend. My mom was like, oh, you should get on birth control. Although I was different in that I did not have that intuitive sense that it would lead that it would have any negative consequences. I was just like all down for it. I'm like, yeah, let me get rid of this period and just be able to not worry about pregnancy. So I'm always so amazed by people who had that intuitive sense. Um, Okay. So then you were on it for about eight years. And so what, what did lead you to finally decide to come off of it? Yeah. So actually I'll back up a little bit. So when I broke up with my high school boyfriend in my first year of university, I was like, get me off birth control. Like, (laughs) I don't need to be on this anymore. There's no reason. And I was just like, yeah, it was just part of that kind of grieving and letting go process of that relationship was to be like, get me off this thing that I was on Mm. only because of this relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think I was off for like six months maybe and I didn't or no I did have a period but it was like super irregular it would just come whenever it wanted to come and I had no idea what was happening with my body and so I was just like get me back on this <laughs> like put <laughs> yeah. me back on birth control because at least I, I could track it and I knew what was happening and like mm-hmm. there were no surprises so I went back on until um Yeah, I was about 24. I was in a serious relationship with my partner who I'm still with today. And um, I had like graduated university, I was working in a full time corporate accounting job. And I was really getting in touch with like my health and wellness and just trying to be like the healthiest version of myself. Again, I feel like this came from a place of like, I know I want to have kids one day, not not then, but like, I feel like a lot of the decisions I've made have been because I want to make sure that like, when I get to that point that I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And so health was on my mind. And I was starting to listen to podcasts. This was in 2018, about health and wellness and like, learning more about my body and my cycle and things like that. And realizing that like, oh, wait, birth control is like, kind of messing some things up (laughs) and like maybe I want to get off of it so that my body can adjust again because I want to know that like when I'm ready to have kids I will likely more likely be able to and kind of like deal with any problems 
earlier before I'm ready, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like started working with a naturopath and said like, I want to come off birth control and my partner was okay with it. And I was like, okay, great. So I came off and then yeah, let me know how far you want me to go on this story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you were starting to work with the naturopath, I guess, um, did they, did they help you to understand, you know, how to balance hormones naturally and, and transitioning off of birth control in a way that like, it won't be like last time where, you know, your cycle was irregular and, and all over the place. Yeah. Cause at that point, like the first time I tried to come off, I was like 18 and yeah. I didn't know anything and I didn't know I would even need support. Like I thought I would just mm. come off and everything would be fine. Yeah. And so the fact that I went into trying to come off again and successfully at that time, mm-hmm. um, knowing that like it was going to be a process and like knowing more about my body and hormones and things like that. I was like, okay, I understand that like I need support. So that's why I started working with a naturopath. Um, and she did help me figure out kind of like, okay, this is going to take some time. Like here are some of the kind of side effects that could come up and you have to like be committed and give it the time that it needs. And she was like, I know you're in a relationship. Like, are you planning to get married within the next year? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, good. Because you're likely going to have like some acne and things like that that you may not want, like when Uh you're getting married or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I'll totally like, I'll be good. Mm -hmm. It's been four years. Oh, actually 2018, 19, 20, 21, 20. It's almost been five years and I'm still dealing with hormonal acne. So Mm. (laughs) Um, I'm still not married, but (laughs) anyways, yeah, it it just like really is important to have some support as you're going through that from like somebody who understands Mm -hmm. the menstrual cycle and everything, because yeah, there are, Mm -hmm. there are side effects and everybody's um, experience is different, obviously, because it's based on our unique bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering at any point, um, did any of your gynecologists or doctors, like, did you bring up the concern to them about, I want to have kids in the future and I'm concerned about birth control? And did they try to like convince you otherwise or how did they respond? Um, no, I don't think so. Like, uh, to be completely honest, I don't really go to like a regular family doctor probably mm-hmm. as often as I should, other than to just like do the regular testing. And that's basically it. Yeah. Um, I prefer to work with like more holistic healthcare practitioners. Um, mm-hmm. But I've, I've gone through a couple naturopaths over the past few years and haven't really like had one that really has stuck. So I'm still kind of in the process of figuring out like, who's my healthcare team? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just wondering, cause I know for a lot of people, especially when they're younger and if they express concerns about, um, I'm concerned about birth control cause I want to have kids in the future and they'll, you know, say something like, well, the studies show that there's birth control has no impact on fertility and and you'll be totally fine when you come off the pill. And then we know like in real life that people actually have consequences like hormonal acne and things like that happening. Um, So yeah, I was wondering if any of that kind of situation happened with you. 
Yeah, not really. I was learning from Dr. Jolene Brighton, um, mm-hmm. just like through her book and like a, a online class that I took and stuff like that. And so I was pretty like sold on the fact that like, this is not necessarily the best for me at mm-hmm. the point that I'm at right now. Like mm-hmm. I felt really comfortable in my relationship. If we had have had a pregnancy, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. Like it would have been fine. So given my circumstances, I was like, okay, I'm fine to kind of like take that risk a little bit in mm-hmm. order to like prioritize my health. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. And so how does that timeline kind of connect to going from the corporate accountant role into transitioning to entrepreneurship? Yeah. So 2018 was like a key year for me. It was in April that I came off the pill. So like January, I started listening to like health podcasts. And then April, I was like, okay, I'm ready to come off the pill. By the summer, I was like, I think I want to do yoga teacher training. Like it felt kind of like a wild idea considering my career was in accounting, which is like, feels like the complete opposite end of the (laughs) spectrum. Um, But I was so passionate about health and wellness and I loved like um, doing my own yoga practice. And I just, I had also finished my accounting designation, which takes like three years of like work and school experience. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to learn something that I want to learn. Like that has nothing to do with my career. So by September, 2018, I started yoga teacher training And that really just like, I think yoga teacher training is like the gateway or even just yoga in general is kind of the gateway into spirituality for so many people. Mm -hmm. And it really just opened the doors for me to all things spiritual, like more, even more like meditation and astrology. And that's when I started getting connected to the lunar cycle, Mm -hmm. which I think was a key piece of like, because at that same time, like throughout 2018, I was like from April to September, I didn't have a cycle. It took me like six months to get my cycle back. And so I was going deep into like, even like Reiki and things like this. And realizing that prior to that, I had been working out like 5am workouts every single day. And I was like, whoa, my body is like, so in overdrive, like Mm -hmm. I'm stressing it out way too much. I need to really, really slow down. So all of those factors combined, like led me kind of into the fall of 2018. I was doing yoga teacher training. I was really trying to like meditate more and really slow my body down, regulate my nervous system and connect with the lunar cycle, which taught me a lot about my own like internal cycles and rhythms. And then the door to astrology opened up. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, I say I went down that rabbit hole and never came back. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So what was it about astrology that really lit the fire in you and excited you enough to, to like pivot and go down that rabbit hole forever? (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I don't even know if it'll be forever. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. see. (laughs) I'm very much like now so connected to the cycles of life that I'm like, this is what I'm doing now. I don't know Mm -hmm. how long it'll be for. Also, I'm a manifesting generator in human design. So Mm -hmm. I very much just like follow my own energy and see how things go. Um, but I I do feel like astrology is something I want to be studying and practicing and living for the rest of my life. Like I do very much feel that because 
Well, first of all, I'll say I was never into astrology before. Like I didn't grow up spiritual really in any way. Like as I look back, I see parts of myself. I was like, oh, I was really spiritual as a kid, but like it, I didn't understand. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would read like my horoscope and magazines as a teenager and be like, this is dumb. Like what makes me different than any other Sagittarius in the world, just because I'm born like in this time frame, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until I realized that, wait a second, there's way more to it than just your sun sign, which is based on your day of birth. Like once you have your birthday time and location, you can have your entire birth chart, which really maps the sun and the moon and all of the planets in the sky around the earth and in the different zodiac signs. And then there's like houses and there's like so many layers to it that mm-hmm. make each person a completely unique individual. And once I learned that and I started going kind of down the rabbit hole and, and reading up on like, okay, I have my son in Sagittarius. What does that mean? Moon and Capricorns rising, a cancer rising. Like what do all these pieces mean? they started to highlight all these different sides of myself that I never understood in that context before. And parts of myself that I always thought were really contradictory. And then I finally realized like, oh, wait, they're all just different sides of me and they're all fine and perfect in their own way, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was when I really realized like, wait a second, there's something here. And like, my brand is called called authentically Alyssa, which was actually my blog that I started when I started yoga teacher training, um, because I just wanted to be the most authentic version of myself and share openly. And so once I started understanding astrology, learning more about myself in that way, I realized, wait a second, I have like the perfect makeup to be an entrepreneur. And then it was still a couple of years before I officially left my corporate job. But that really just gave me the permission and the courage to start to pursue this path. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like you really fell in love with the concept of how astrology can really help you like really see and understand all the parts of yourself and embrace all those parts of yourself to live your most authentic life. And I think that that does tie in beautifully in a way with menstrual cycle awareness, because I feel like our our periods and our cycle is this thing that we've suppressed for so long with birth control, but also just by society kind of stigmatizing it. And we feel like we can't talk about it and it's gross and whatever. And that is a huge part of ourselves. Like it's literally a part of who we are as females and our just our, our life. Like we have however many cycles in our whole life. And so for me, yeah, coming off of birth control and embracing my cycle was this part of like embracing another part of myself that I had, you know, left to die for so long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I also really believe that our bodies are so wise and like I, a huge part of my practice is embodiment. Like, I think that's why in hindsight, why I did yoga teacher training. Like, I don't think I'm meant to be like a yoga teacher for my whole career. I'm not even teaching yoga anymore. But that piece was so critical for me to like reconnect with my body and realize how wise my body is. Mm. And all of our bodies are so wise. And so then when it's like, okay, we're going to 
take some pill or, or whatever form of like birth control that affects our hormones, that affects our bodies, it is really what you said, like suppressing this deep inner like wisdom that we have. And so that's why I think that coming off of the pill, I didn't realize like, like, I just, I don't even remember like the specifics of why I wanted to come off. I think like part of it was like, I wanted to kind of like increase my libido and just be healthier and things like that. Like that's what I was told would happen. But I think one of the best things that happened was like reconnecting with my body, reconnecting with that wisdom within reconnecting with my intuition. And that is like why I think that that was actually a critical piece of my spiritual awakening. And I don't think I would like be where I am today if, if I hadn't come off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering um, if this timing for you aligned at all with your Saturn return, was that a piece of it as well? Um, no. So I'm really just ending my Saturn return. Um, but I didn't know at the time, but 2018 was my Jupiter return. My, mm. so 24. So it would have been my second Jupiter return because Jupiter comes around every 12 years. Mm. Um, and so it's just, yeah, it's really interesting that it did align with that. Not necessarily mm. Saturn, but definitely that Jupiter coming back around to the place it was when I was born. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, we, we did an episode, um, a few episodes back on the podcast about Saturn return and how, you know, around your 30, when you're like 28, 29, 30 ish, um, there's a lot of like change and you might start a new career or like move somewhere new or whatever it is. And that was very much the timing for me. That's like right around when I started, um, going down the rabbit hole into birth control and decided to come off. And then I, you know, moved to a new country and like all these things happened. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. I feel like I'll just quickly say, I feel like mm-hmm. coming off birth control was like almost a precursor to my Saturn return. It was like, mm-hmm. you need to be off. So it's that in your Saturn return, you can like do all the other mm. things you're meant to be doing, which was like quitting my job and yeah. really embarking on this entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I like to how you you opened yourself up to trying something new, which, you know, the yoga didn't necessarily end up being the thing, but it led you to, and maybe, you know, like you said, astrology might not be the thing forever, but it's the thing right now um, that you really love. And so I just want to highlight that to people who might be, you know, in their corporate jobs now and feeling like, well, maybe I want to be an entrepreneur, but I I don't know what to do. I don't know like what my interests are or what I'm good at or whatever. And just taking the first step, you know, just exploring something, it might not be the thing, but it might lead you to the next thing. So it's just step after step after step. And it was the same thing for me as well. I've like reinvented myself like five times within the past three years, just figuring out what kind of, and I still am, I still don't know what the heck I'm doing, but you know, I just know that I enjoy doing this podcast and I enjoy this topic and we'll see where it goes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I also, what you, what you made me think about is the fact that like another key piece of it for me was 
being in this nine to five job after coming off birth control and after getting my cycle back and, and learning so much about the lunar cycle and and the menstrual cycle and everything. And I was like, I don't want to come into the office every single yeah, day on the same like, daily align. schedule. No, it didn't align anymore. And, and that's not to say that like, it's not possible. Like I know there are people who make it work and like it, it works for them. But for me personally, that was another big piece of it where it was like, I'm now connected to these cyclical rhythms. And then I'm being kind of forced to like stay in this this um structure that didn't really work for me anymore and then I was like okay I need to figure out like some way to kind of break free of this because it's not working for me anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like when you're on birth control it's this very linear structure there's no variation in your hormones the the hormone line is just flat whereas when you're in your natural cycle hormones are going up and down at different phases of your cycle and then in the work world the 9 to 5 it's this linear you know 9 to 5 monday th- through friday structure um mm-hmm. and doesn't leave much room for like those cyclical variations so yeah that's that's a good point um so i want to talk a bit more about what you do and how you work with your clients. So as you said before, and to my understanding, there's a birth chart based on our birthday and time of birth location. um, And it's kind of a snapshot of where all the planets were aligned like at the time. Um, So as an astrological life coach, what do you do with that information to, you know, help the person in front of you through that, that tool of astrology? Yeah. So first of all, I feel like I've always kind of had this like teacher side of myself. So I really like to like, as I'm doing an interpretation, I really do like to teach within the session because I don't want to just be like, oh, like your chart says X, Y, and Z. And the person's like, yeah, that really resonates, but they don't see it themselves. Like Mm. they, I like people to like, know what they're looking at and understand why I'm saying certain things. Mm -hmm. So I really do like to like teach within my sessions. But then, like I said, I like to combine the coaching with it too, so that it's not just information. Like the information is amazing. And I've had so many clients say things to me like, wow, like I've always known that this was a part of me, but I've never really like accepted it before Mm -hmm. or like, wow, you really can't make this up. Like, this is so accurate. Like those kinds of things. And all of that is amazing. And I love like the validation and confirmation that people get to just be who they are because like, and it's also like breaking out of that box too, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're kind of told like, the way I look at astrology is we come in to the, we come onto the earth with this like chart that explains who we are at our core essence but then we are raised. So it's kind of like nature nurture, right? It's like Mm -hmm. we're raised in families and cultures and societies and school systems and everything else that teach us like, be yourself, but make sure you fit into this somewhat box of a structure, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but astrology is beyond the box. So it's like helping people see that the unique parts of themselves that maybe weren't accepted when they were younger, or they have kind of like disconnected from themselves are so valuable and so powerful and to like allow themselves to step into that but then it's like okay where do you go from there and that's where the coaching comes in because like I said I really believe that like 
if you desire something, you're meant to have it. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's going to be worth whatever challenges and lessons you have to go through to get to where you want to go. And so that's why I like to, like, I have a lot of fire energy in my chart. So this is me like putting the fire into my work where it's like, okay, this is amazing what we've learned so far, but now how do we apply it? And what do we do with it so that you can really create the most authentic life that you desire to live. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I love that unique approach you take because yeah, I, so it definitely helps you understand. It's like understanding who your most ideal self would be if there were not all this societal conditioning. And then even once you know that it's like, okay, but I still have all of these self-limiting beliefs baked in from my whole life. So I can't just snap out of it and be like, oh yeah, I am awesome at like public speaking or whatever. Let me go get on stage. It's like, there's all these deconditioning that you have to do to get yourself to that point. Um, and I also love, at least for me, understanding um, I'm I'm into human design as well. And I've had like human design readings and that for me, it's like, I think it's hard to see our strengths and our gifts through our own eyes because to us, it just feels natural. Like it just feels like, oh, can't everyone do this? Like, isn't everyone good at this? Um, but when you actually hear it from someone else and it's kind of validated through your chart, um, then you kind of start to see, oh, this is actually pretty unique to me. Like there's a lot of different parts that make up this unique thing of who I am and other people are good at other things that I'm not good at. So you Mm -hmm. start to see that like uniqueness and differentiation. Totally. I love pointing out like the most unique and rare parts of people's charts. Like when I see a certain aspect or something, I'm like, I've never seen this before. Like this is Mm. super cool. And they tell them about it. Mm -hmm. But I like to also explain, because like in a birth chart, there are parts that are very unique. And then there are parts that are a little bit more common. And by that, I mean like the outer planets move very slowly. So like 20 years of people around Mm -hmm. my generation have Pluto and Scorpio. So that is not unique. However, if you have like the sun at the same place as Pluto or something like that would be pretty unique because that would only have happened once every Mm -hmm. year. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like explaining the parts that are more generational and like how you kind of your energy fits into this generation that you're in and then how you still have unique gifts within that because there are different parts of the chart that are are very unique so it's really cool to like combine both yeah yeah that's really interesting it made me wonder if can astrology like kind of look towards the future at like, okay, so the next generation, the planets are going to look like this and like this might happen. Yeah, to a degree, because we know like the order that the zodiac signs go so that we know what the outer planets are doing. So you Mm -hmm. can kind of get a sense of like, okay, this is like kind of the next chapter or generation that's coming. Mm -hmm. But then within that, it's like every single person is going to be so unique and have their own things that they're doing within that. So it's just kind of like it provides a broader context, but then still everybody's super unique within it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, I was wondering if our birth 
birth chart or astrology can tell us anything about our health because you know some people go on birth control and they go they come off and they like don't have any problems getting pregnant and they didn't have any acne or you know any issues like that um and then some people are they it just seems like they're so prone to you know it's like they have every autoimmune condition under the sun they have like all these problems and i know that too can come down to environment and genetics and of course there's like we said before there's so many things that are multi-layered um but can astrology tell us anything about our physical health yeah definitely um there is actually a branch of astrology that's called medical astrology and so that Mm. goes like really deep into health Mm -hmm. um i am not (laughs) practicing that but in general you can still get a sense of kind of like some health stuff from your chart because every sign is a connected to specific body parts so if Mm. you have like strong energy in a certain area like that could um kind of show up in like the health of these different parts of your body um and then you can also look at like the first thing that comes to my mind is the sixth house Mm -hmm. because that kind of is about like our health and our daily routines that support or maybe don't support our healthy lifestyle um And then also maybe looking at the sign of Virgo, because Virgo is also associated with like health and well-being. So Mm -hmm. there's like some different areas in the chart that you can look at and see like what what might be going on in that Mm -hmm. area of life. Mm, That's so cool. Um, Yeah, that was that was my next question, too, if like certain organs or physiological systems are ruled by certain planets or signs. Um, Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that. Yeah. So. Um, I guess for someone who is totally new to astrology, what are some simple steps that someone can take to start incorporating astrology into their life and just being more aware of like what's going on? Because I know it can seem really overwhelming. There's like signs and all this. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I totally get how it can be overwhelming and that's part of what I love about it actually is because I'm like, I'm going to study astrology for the rest of my life and still not know it all. Like there's Mm -hmm. just so much to learn and there's always so many different places to like go down this path or this path. Yeah. Um, But in terms of getting started, I highly recommend following the lunar cycle. Like that's how Mm -hmm. I started. And I think it's the most accessible because we can look out yeah, the sky and like <laughs> see what phase the moon is in and start to just track its movements and things like that. Um, so that'd be the first thing, like regardless of signs or anything, even just following like new moon to full moon back to new moon following that cycle. Mm-hmm. But then for me, I have this curiosity within me and I was like, okay, what makes every new moon like different than the last? Like, are they always just the same or same mm-hmm. goes with the full moon? So that's when I layered on the zodiac signs. Cause I was like, oh, wait a second. Like we just had the full moon in cancer. The next full moon will be in the next sign, which is Leo. And then it'll, will be a full moon in Virgo and it'll go like in that order. And I started understanding the connection between like the sun sign and then the moon cycle and stuff like that. So it's like starting to layer on the zodiac signs Mm -hmm. is I think the next step in just being like, okay, what is like, what is cancer? Mm -hmm. So then what is the full moon in cancer all about, you know? 
that's more like following in real time. I think there's two kind of paths of astrology. It's like following it in real time and then looking at your chart. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they can come together and you can follow it in real time and see how it's impacting your chart. But for anybody getting started, first follow the lunar cycle and the seasons. And then like solstices and equinoxes, it's like acknowledging when the seasons change. Mm-hmm. And then looking at your birth chart. And even if you want to just like start Googling some pieces of it, like that's how I started. I was just like, sun in Sagittarius. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I will add a caveat to that if you're going to do that, because I personally like to practice empowering astrology. And there is a lot of disempowering astrology out there. So if you're going to Google stuff, just kind of like take it all with a grain of salt and only take what feels really aligned and resonant to you. And if something feels kind of like disempowering, just forget about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my best advice. Um, but then if you want to go a little bit deeper than what Google can do, because with Google, you can really just get like each kind of individual piece of your chart. You're not really going to get how it all connects and goes mm-hmm. together. So if you want that, then I would recommend doing a reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like that's um, what I do as well in terms of the lunar cycle. For me, it's so simple. I literally just Google uh, like, when is the full moon in January? Like when is that happening? And when's the new moon? And then I just mark that on my calendar and I just have that awareness and I'll either Sometimes I just like look out at the sky and I see the full moon and I just say hi. I'm like, hey, girl. And <laughs> it can really be that simple. Um, yeah. But I also know that you have a beautiful membership, right, called the Cosmic Coven. And um, you do lunar, you know, circles like meetups. So do you want to talk more about that and any other offerings that you are excited about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I host virtual um, new and full moon circles, which is basically bi-weekly because the new moon is like, it's like two weeks between the new moon to the full moon and around Mm -hmm. again. So basically every other week I'm hosting a circle um, virtually. And these are just opportunities for people to come together under the new or the full moon. I explain the energy incorporating like whatever sign it's in and what season we're in and any other astrology that's kind of like creating a unique energy around that new or full moon. And then we do some meditation and journaling and have open conversation around like the themes that are kind of coming up for people at that time. So yeah, I've been doing those for over two years and I've never missed one and I love them so much. They're very much like a grounding force in my life. Like they're Mm. this consistent thing that I come back to every two weeks and just reconnect with myself, my spirituality, the astrology and everything. So I I love those. So you can drop in um, by just like, coming to one. Um, your first one is free using the code first circle free. And then after that, it's just like a drop-in fee, or you can join the membership and get access to bi-weekly moon circles, as well as events to honor the changing of the season. So we have events for the solstices, the equinoxes, and we'll have mid-season retreats as well. So those are like three hour, like really deep nourishing um, experiences to really embody the energy of each season. Mm. So you get all of that 
by joining the Cosmic Coven, which is a monthly membership. There's no, like, you don't have to commit for a certain number of months. You can come and check it out and then go if you are not resonating with it or stay as long as you want. Um, and so that way you get unlimited access to all of the live events and then also access to the meditation recordings from all of them too. Awesome. I love all of that so much. Um, yeah. And, and how can people find you and get in touch? Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram mostly at authentically.alyssa. And then my website is authenticallyalyssa.com. Um, and I'll also just quickly say, I kind of have two paths for working together. So if you want to be part of like the community and do the events and like have that as kind of your grounding force as you move through the seasons and cycles, that is the cosmic heaven. And then if you want to work with me one-on-one, we can do a one-off reading or I do longer term astrological life coaching sessions as well. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. This has been such an awesome conversation. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to anything that we've talked about? No, I think that was all. I really appreciate the opportunity to share and have this conversation because I think it's such an important topic and just really grateful to you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. If you desire to continue this journey and learn more about your body, I invite you to follow our Instagram page at womb.ology. Please help get this information to more people who menstruate by sharing this podcast on your social media and tagging us. I greatly appreciate you. Have a peaceful week.